Good morning, class. <laughs> Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. What happens at Faith School? It's the place where our spirit is fed, our faith grows stronger, and we learn how to be overcomers. That's always God's plan and will for His children, is that we overcome, that we are victorious, not that we are defeated or victims. And uh, whether you're a victim or victorious has to do with our response to what's going on. You can't control everything around you in this world, in this life. You can control your response to it. And the appropriate response, even though you don't, may not have a clue the details of how to deal with this, you can always respond in faith. Faith that God is with you, He'll never leave you, He'll never forsake you. Faith that greater is He that's in you than he that's in the world. Faith that He'll show me what to do, He'll give me the wisdom, He'll direct and order my steps and paths, He'll quicken me, He'll enable me. Whatever it takes, He will always cause me to win. Uh, you can respond that way every time, but if you are feeding on the wrong things, your response won't be that way. You know, whatever you're full of, that's what will come out of you when the pressure comes against you. And whatever I'm continually feeding on, looking at, listening to, talking about, that's what gets in me. That's what I get full of. Well, you don't want to be full of the junk and the negativism and the error of the world. You want to be full of something good. Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The scripture talks about being nourished up in the words of faith. And so that's one big thing faith school is for, is to come in and for a few minutes, uh, get your spirit fed, uh, get your faith nourished. And so that you, you do that on a regular basis, you'll get full. You'll get full of light. You'll get full of truth. You'll get full of faith. And so that when anything comes against you to pressure you, instead of doubt and unbelief coming out of your mouth, faith will come out of your mouth, out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. So get your Bible and something to, to make a note with and come on into the classroom with us. We saved you a seat right here up front. Let's pray and believe that we receive exactly what the Lord would give us today. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you so much that we belong to you. You are our Father. We are your very own children. Thank you for the Holy Spirit whom you've sent to, to teach us and indwell us, to be our guide, to be our helper. We look to you and we look to your Spirit to illuminate us and quicken us and give us exactly what you would uh, today and in these times. We ask for it in Jesus' name and we thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Turn in the great textbook, the Bible, 
to Hebrews chapter 10, and let's continue on this series that we are calling By Faith. Hebrews 10 and verse 35 says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. The very next verse says, For you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. This lets us know that things don't always happen uh, immediately, that many times there is an opportunity to exercise your faith over a period of time that you, you, ha- you must continue to be fully persuaded. You must continue to have confident expectation day after day, week after week, some things month after month. And he says, if you do, uh, it has great recompense of reward. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. Uh, faith is not just a way to uh, miss hell and go to heaven. Faith is not only uh, for the new birth and being born again. Faith is to be a way of living, a way of life, a way of thinking, a way of speaking, a way of responding and acting. The just shall live by faith. Everybody say, I live by faith. I live by faith. Not just something we we think about on Sunday when we go to church or uh, once in a great while when we take a couple of moments to be spiritual. No, this is something that's supposed to be just part of the fabric of our being. This is just, this is the way we function. We live by faith. Uh, But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Now he's contrasting not living by faith. Uh, faith involves courage and, and strength. Uh, faith involves overcoming fear and going beyond uh, naturally imposed limitations. It takes courage to step out when you don't know how and you don't know from where. And uh, the easy thing for the flesh is to just pull back, to shrink back and draw back, and and hide, and and wait, and look to somebody else. But that doesn't please the Lord when we sit back, and lay back, and wait on somebody else. He wants to see us stand up, and step out, (laughs) and reach out, and lay hold. Amen. That pleases God. We are not, he said, verse 39, of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. And then he begins to talk about what faith is. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And we see verse by verse through Hebrews 11, living examples of faith. Um, This is so wonderful because, you know, you you don't just stop at verse 1 with a definition of faith. He shows us insight and picture after picture of a real man or a real woman in real life situations using their faith with amazing outcomes. And why would he give us this? 
Because like 2 Corinthians 4 says, we have the same spirit of faith. Same. Not same knowledge of faith. Faith isn't knowledge. Um, You know, we process knowledge with our head, with our intellect. But you don't believe God with your head. You, you, You have faith from the same place you love. Love is not based on reasoning or (laughs) analysis. Um, Love is from the heart, not based on reasoning. Faith, likewise, is from the heart, not based on reasoning. You remember Proverbs 3 said, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not. Don't lean to your own understanding. So obviously your heart and your head, your understanding are two different things, two different things. And here he's, uh, the Spirit of God has inspired this and, and chosen these uh, examples. And we see that there were many, many that could have been mentioned. But these were handpicked, if you will, by the Holy Spirit and quickened and infused with his light and life and faith so that when we look at them, When we read them, when we talk about them, uh, Abel, um, Enoch, Noah, uh, any of these individuals, Abraham, Sarah, when we meditate on these, when we read these or hear these talked about, we don't just learn some interesting things to log in our mental library only, but the actual same spirit of faith that was on them and in them comes more into us and manifests more into us. The Bible said, uh, like looking into a mirror, into the glory of God, we're changed into that same image we're beholding from glory to glory by the work of the Holy Spirit. So that's what we've been doing. We've, We've looked at these individuals, like we said, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, uh, Isaac, Uh, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, uh, Rahab, and different ones. And we've made it all the way down to verse 32 in our study, where in this verse he mentions not one, but six individuals plus others. He says, what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued mountains, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. Uh, Let me read that to you in today's English version. In verse 33, it says, Through faith they fought whole countries and won. They did what was right and received what God had promised through their faith. Through faith they shut the mouths of lions. Well, that's Daniel. Uh, They put out fierce fires. Well, that's the three Hebrew children being thrown in the fire. They escaped being killed by the sword. They were weak, but became strong. Why am I reading this? Well, they were in situations that they needed deliverance, help, healing, provision. Are we today in a world where we need victories, where we need deliverance, where we need provision? Well, that's why it's here. Not just for us to ooh and ah and wasn't that great for them, but to realize that we got the same God. Uh, he hasn't changed. His will hasn't changed. And we have 
the same spirit of faith. Come on, class, say it out loud. I have the same spirit of faith. As who? Who are we talking about? Abraham. I got the same spirit of faith as Moses. I got the same spirit of faith as these individuals. This, this should really stir us up. This should really quicken us and, and help us to see the glorious possibilities. That's why Jesus said all things are possible to him that believes. It's possible to overcome the most seeming impossible odds, just like them. It's possible, even though you have felt so weak and inadequate, to be made strong and to be able to overcome. It's possible to win battles and overcome and see victory after victory right now in this world, in this life. Can you say, I believe it? I believe it. Amen. For, for us, and that's what's supposed to happen. We're not supposed to just look at this uh, just in a historical review way, but to see how it applies to us today. And so we have studied, in, in, uh, at least in part, uh, Barak. We looked at Gideon, and we've looked at Jephthah. And we've gotten down now to Samson. Uh, now, what, what is it that we should be looking for concerning Samson now uh, from this verse? His faith. Samson had faith. That's the only way you get in Hebrews 11. You understand that? <laughs> if your name is mentioned specifically in Hebrews 11, it wasn't because you were a doubter. Samson had faith. Now, uh, you know, depending on how you grew up and if you heard what we call Bible stories and Samson being among them, uh, usually people only think of Samson that he was strong. He was really strong. And of course, the little kids, they like to hear about, you know, how Samson, the amazing things he did. Uh, and that's true. But this is not talking about how strong he was. This is talking about that the man had faith. Well, how was his faith manifested? How did it show up? Well, let's go back to Judges, the 13th chapter, and let's continue with our study of this. Judges 13. Faith is a living thing. There's so many aspects of it, so many sides of it. it like I mentioned before, it's comparable to love. love you remember uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, uh, the Spirit of God said that uh, faith, hope, and love remain these three. And so these, these forces uh, will be with us beyond this life uh, throughout the ages to come. Uh, faith, hope, and love. And they are to be highly regarded. Um, just like love is not something that you can easily define. And if you know a little bit about it, if you have any understanding, you realize there's so much you haven't understood. Uh, what is love? Well, first off, God is love. How, how do you define that in a couple of sentences? And the love that he has for us, the love that we have for him, the love that we have for each other, the love we have for our, our spouse, for our children, for our grandchildren. 
how do you define that completely in a phrase or two? Well, you don't. It's, it's a magnificent, amazing force and power. Well, a faith is the same way. It's very much like love. Uh, yeah, Hebrews 11.1 1 gives you a definition of faith. But if that's all you needed, you wouldn't have all these other, what, 39-some verses <laughs> following because after he tells you, this is what faith is. And then he says, it's like then what happened with Enoch. It's like what happened with Abel. It's like, it, this is what it is. So uh, you never want to think, well, uh, you know, I, I, I can quote Hebrews 11.1 1 from memory, so now I know what faith is. No, you, you barely are getting started. Uh, faith is a living force. It's living confidence. It's living trust in the living God. It has to do with relationships. It has to do with knowing Him and knowing what He's put in you and trusting that. You can't trust beyond, you can't trust someone beyond what you actually know of them. You can't trust them or have faith in a person to do something beyond what you've heard them say they would do. That's why faith comes by hearing. So you can see when we say, uh, okay, we're having faith school, how can you just have faith school week after week and month after month? Uh, you could have it for 100,000 years and you would never begin to exhaust because it's like love. It's like, it's like God. It just goes on and on and on. And so when we think of Samson, if you didn't immediately think of faith, that's okay, a lot of people didn't, but according to Hebrews 11, you should. Back in the 13th chapter of Judges, we see verse 1, And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines forty years. Now, if you've been with us in this study, this is not the first time you've seen this. We have seen this over and over and over again how that um, the people would leave God. They would forsake God and go off. I'm, you're talking about going off the rails, man. I mean, they, they worshiped these false gods of the people around about them. They did abominable things. And when you forsake God, when you leave God and you push God away, you just pushed away your protection and your provision and your help. And so what happened is their enemies were able to just come in on them and oppress them and, and, and cruelly treat them. And it, this happened for years. On this occasion, it's 40 years that they are oppressed and dominated by this ungodly people called the Philistines. They worshiped another god. We'll see uh, uh, later on uh, a god they called Dagon. Uh, and just, you know, so far removed from anything of God and His things. We've touched on this, but it, it bears repetition. You've got people everywhere that are blaming God for the problems in the earth. And, and you, it shouldn't be surprising because uh, a, a lot of preachers preach it from the pulpit 
that, you know, um, God, every, God is controlling everything and that everything that happens is the will of God and the plan of God. This simply is not true. This is not what the Bible teaches. It's not reality. We have a choice. The reason there is so much pain and cruelty and oppression and lack and destruction and havoc in the world is because man has a choice. Human beings have a choice and a will. And by and large, they have chosen to reject God. They have chosen to deny Him, even deny His existence, forsake and rebel against His commands and instructions. And if you do that, you have pushed away and rejected your protection and you have opened yourself up to the enemy, the thief, Jesus called him, who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So it's not true that all this death and destruction and, and killing and hate and all this stuff is somehow the un, you know, uh, explainable, mysterious will of God. No, God's will is good. God's will is good. Do you believe that? Yes. You know, one of the things we're taught to pray, pray in what we call the Lord's Prayer is thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How many know that's, that must be God's will? Yes. That his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now you stop here and think about it. If God's will is already being done in the earth, why tell us to pray that it would be? If everything that's happening down here is the mysterious will of God, then there was no need for him to tell us to pray that God's will would be done. No, there's all kind of junk happening that's not God's will, that doesn't please him. Now think about God's will in heaven. If you, if you read in the book of Revelation and you read about God's will in the new heavens and the new earth, and uh, it says no curse no sorrow, no pain, no crying, no dying. In heaven, what's the crime rate? I mean, even right now, what's the crime rate? Have they got it down real low? Ah, zero. Zero. How many people starving in heaven? None. How many people sick? How many people uh, tormented and depressed and upset? Uh, no. Well, if that's God's will, why is it like that in heaven, I might say? Because God's will is being done in heaven. That's why it's that way. Well, uh, that, he said pray that his will would be done on the earth just like it is in heaven. That means God wants that to be down here too. And because of all the sin and, and people rebelling against God, we won't see that uh, completely fulfilled in our lifetime and in this season, we can experience personally some of this, but we can't control everybody else. But soon and very soon, he's going to come and fix the whole thing. I mean, are you glad about that? He's going to, he's going to completely fix it, and then there will be no pain, no sorrow, no crying, no dying, no curse. Why? Because God's will will be done on the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The new heavens and new earth, just like it is in heaven. Thank God. He's a good God. Uh, 
the reason they are oppressed by the Philistines for 40 years is because they forsook God. It wasn't that God desired this for them. It wasn't his will. To say it was his will for the Philistines to oppress them for 40 years is to say that it was somehow his will that they forsake him, that they leave him and go worship other gods. Now, the reason I take time to talk about this is because there is mass confusion in this world about these things. Even in the church, there is gross ignorance and mass confusion. You've got people that think they're so smart even sometimes have several initials after their name, and they try to explain to you how that, you know, God and the devil are actually working together. And it's beyond our understanding, but even the most horrific things uh, are God's will working out a greater thing in us. Listen, if God and the devil are working together, we might as well give up now. I mean, what, what do you do with that? How do you deal with it's not True. Not true. Don't you accept it? Anytime you hear any of these kind of things, you need to ask yourself, where is that in the Bible? Where is it? And it needs to agree with all the other scriptures and in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. I'm so glad that I, I've been able to get it settled in my own heart and mind and spirit. God is not my problem. He's my answer, always my answer. God is good and he does good. I mean, it's, I mean, a, a three and a four-year-old can have correct doctrine. It's easy as can be. God is a good God and he does good things. The devil is a bad devil and he does bad things. Never do they get, what, get up one day and say, let's swap jobs. You know, here, devil, you do good. And God, I'll do better. Never has happened. Never will. The, the enemy, the devil, is the enemy of God. They are not working together. He's the enemy of God. And you and I are told to resist the devil. We're to stand against him. And when we do so in faith, he has to leave. He has to flee. And so when we see, uh, like this thing, the enemy had access to them, full access to them, destroying them for year after year, that should have been just a, a, a blaring red banner. You are out of the will of God. You have really messed up. You, you forsook God and you have forfeited your protection. How do you get back? You repent. You come to God, you acknowledge, you admit that you have missed it, and you ask him for mercy. And what have we seen in this book? Every time, no matter how terribly they got away from him, every time they would ask him for help, he would help them. He would protect them. He would deliver them. He would restore them. Is he still a good God today? Is he, is he still forgiving and restoring? Just don't blame God for the problems, for the curse, for the death and destruction. If you do, you'll remain hopelessly confused and you'll be giving place to the enemy and hindering God access. Everybody said out loud, Father God, I acknowledge you are not my problem. You are not the cause of evil in the earth. You're a good God. You do good things. You never change. I trust you. 
I rely on you. Praise God. Well, that's it for today. We'll see you next time in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 